Good evening. Happy Easter. Five weeks into it. You know, this afternoon we heard in the second reading that John saw a new heaven and a new earth. And that God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. For the old order has passed away. And he makes all things new. The sense of making all things new appears over 20 times throughout the Bible. Perhaps most notably the prophet Isaiah when we, he tells us, Remember not events of the past, the things of long ago, consider not. See, I'm doing something new. So it would seem that in order to make things new, there's a need for us to let go of the past. But my questions to us this afternoon include, well, what do we do with this old information that we have packed within ourselves? And once we are ready to receive this new information, well, what do we do with it? I guess more importantly is, what's so new and so important that Christ commands us to follow it? Father Ronald Rohauser addresses some of these questions in his book, Against an Infinite Horizon, in which he writes, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Dominic, and St. Francis of Assisi recognize that proclaiming the gospel message might require letting go of the past so that the Spirit of God could have its way in the culture in which they found themselves. Thus, we need to seek their guidance on what needs to die so that new life in Christ can live. In short, Rollhauser provides us a version of the Paschal story, that we must be willing to let go of the past, a death of the old, so that a birthing of the new can take place. The same type of birthing that Pope Francis and the Church hopes will be the fruit of the recent synod that we all had an opportunity to take part in. But you see, we're a society that thrives on holding on to the past, and usually for two main reasons. Either the past is so painful, it's just too hard to face and let go of, or it's a part of us that's so ingrained into our being that our ego is just strongly defended. And thus we'll argue, well, that's the way it's always been, and that's the way it should be, and we just wrap it around and call it tradition. Either way, we keep ourselves filled with events of the past, allowing little room for the newness that God creates for each and every one of us. See, numerous times we find the apostles slipping back into holding on to the past, the way it used to be, and they find themselves drawn into the egocentric way of thinking, such as when we heard them arguing, well, who's the greatest among all of them? And each and every time they move in that direction, what does Jesus do? He places a child before the disciples. Clearly states, unless you turn yourselves around, which is repent, and become like children, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So as a grandfather of six, I asked myself, well, in these instances, what particular attribute of a child's mind is Jesus talking about when time and time again he tells his disciples and you and me to be like children? And I was reminded just a couple of weeks ago, I had all my grandchildren together and how they would take care in stacking blocks a certain way or when we were at the beach taking sand and dribbling sandcastles. 
And as soon as they were done with their carefully crafted constructions, they would have the inner freedom to joyfully knock them down and then quickly rebuild them, chanting encore, encore, again and again. See, clearly children know what it means to let go and to embrace the moment. See, so too, we must be willing to knock down the blocks of our past, to allow the sandcastles we've built to be washed away, to hold our egos in check in order to foundationally be ready to take on the new. See, we need to go to that dark place within ourselves, the place where we've been wounded by ourselves or by others. We need to remember that Christ forgives us, no matter what, and asks us to forgive others. And it's in this forgiveness that we're free to let go of what we hold on to so that we're ready to accept this new information, this new command that Jesus gives us. For in today's gospel, Jesus calls us to love one another according to his pattern of his love. Before he dies, Christ leaves us this new commandment, love one another in such a way that everyone will know that we're disciples of Christ. But why is this call to love considered so new? Because according to the law found in Leviticus, the Jews were to love one another as they loved themselves which was understood to mean their own countrymen, translates into love those people who are just like you. Jesus' understanding of one another means the inclusion of all people, the outsider, the outcast, the last, the least, the lost. Thus, this new commandment is core to this new covenant in Christ grounded in his life and death and this resurrection that we celebrate if you remember, in our Lenten Stations of the Cross, we're reminded of that journey of Jesus, a journey that led to his crucifixion, which is the ultimate removal of the past, so that we could all be born into this Easter newness of the risen Lord. Thus, we too are called to be more like children, to empty ourselves so that we can be open to all the newness of this divine love, which is bestowed on to each and every one of us without exception. It was Archbishop Desmond Tutu who wrote this. All over this magnificent world, God calls us to extend God's kingdom of peace and wholeness, of justice, of goodness, of compassion, of caring, of sharing, of laughter, of joy, and of reconciliation. God is transfiguring the world right this very moment through us because God believes in us, because God loves us. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And as we share God's love with our brothers and sisters, God's other children, there is no tyrant who can resist us. There is no oppression that cannot be ended. There is no hunger that cannot be fed. There is no wound that cannot be healed. There is no hatred that cannot be turned to love. And there is no dream that cannot be fulfilled. Desmond Tutu's comments seem at first to be kind of an unrealistic dream. That is, until we recognize 
This church is not a place that necessarily we come to. More importantly, this church is a place that we are called from with his new command to love all others. And that's where we will experience people often so different from us. And hearing the voice of Jesus, we will love them where they are, in their sorrows and in their joys, in their hopes and in their fears. It's a place where we will move out to all people, especially those on the margins, until the margins disappear. So that we each, with our own individual gifts, facilitate coming to the day when every life is valued. And we, as disciples of the risen Christ, extend God's kingdom and go out and transfigure the world.